you'll excuse me if I have zero faith in the Republican Party to do a goddamn thing about Donald Trump. He has taken a giant shit over the party, over the Constitution, over all areas of government, the State Department, the FBI, the courts. Trump has shit all over them. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Banter Podcast, episode number 15. This is your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. And uh, we're going to start with our regular feature, which is, uh, Mike, how are you doing? I'm worried, Ben. Well, what is there not to worry about? There's right. Not- it's 2020. I mean, where do we start? But most immediately, we're beginning to reopen the country now. As I said a few podcasts ago, I think we're going to reopen wrong. We're going to start to reopen things. People are going to get this sense that it's back to normal and just kind of forget their social distancing and their mask wearing, uh, as we saw in some of the protests. You know, most of the protesters were wearing masks out in the streets across the country, which which is great, but some of them weren't. There was also some hugging and some high-fiving and some handshakes and, and a lot of close quarters. And the same thing is now happening in businesses across the country who aren't in many cases, following the guidelines of the federal government or their states. You know, we're seeing pictures from Vegas casinos, which are indoors. They don't even have outdoors going for them like the protesters did. We're just bored, right? America's just had enough of the pandemic. So they've decided, like, we're just going to carry on as normal. And, uh, you know, forgetting, obviously, that a virus has no feelings one way or the other. It doesn't really... It's not really interested in whether we're over it. <laughs> the virus, virus is a virus, so obviously uh, it's not over. You know, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm looking at this, and it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, the area I live, people have been generally good about it. Every once in a while, I see something that I'm just flabbergasts me. But on TV, beaches, people are packed together. They're in parks. They're in restaurants, the casinos. And we're just not doing it right. And we're going to have a MAGA rally soon. Those are starting up again. I will be shocked if a majority of people in that crowd have masks. Did you see it was an absolutely incredible Trump wants to make people at the rally coming up. They're, they're going to have to sign a waiver. Yes. <laughs> which is which is absolutely brilliant. Right. So they're going to have so they have to sign a uh, COVID-19 um, waiver to say that they're fully aware that if they show up to a Trump rally, uh, they could get coronavirus. Right. And it's not Donald Trump's fault at all. So on the one hand, h- how do they square this? Like the first of all, that it's a hoax, but they have to sign. They also have to sign a waiver to go to Trump's rally, taking full responsibility um, for the fact that they might get coronavirus. So they're it's a bit of a bit of a tough one for the for the MAGA hats. It is. And it's totally on brand for Trump. He's a big fan of waivers and non-disclosure agreements. This is totally on brand. And you know what, though? This is such a cult that he has. If there is a big outbreak that can be traced to this rally, I don't know if anyone actually gets litigious on Trump. He has, you know, he has abused the country and essentially abused his supporters with his policies, but they still love him. And I think that we might be at a point where the guy on Fifth Avenue that Trump bragged about being able to kill and his supporters wouldn't leave him, I think we might be at a point where that person on Fifth Avenue could be one of his supporters. And he's lying, as, as he's lying on the street, bleeding out, he reaches, <laughs> he reaches for his MAGA hat that's fallen off to the side, He's grabbing for it with his bloody hand, grabs it, and just before he dies, he puts it on his head because that's how he wanted to go. MAGA hat in life, MAGA hat in death. If you have to have a waiver, you shouldn't be holding the fucking rally in the first place. Have I, have I gone mad here? Is this, if you have to sign that, if you have to have that as a, a waiver, you have to sign a waiver that you accept that you're going into a, to a rally during a fucking pandemic. But in Trump world, right, in Trump world, that's normal. That's totally normal. But this is the thing, you know, it just shows you how how little regard he has for his his minions. Right. You can I will bet you that they're what they're going to have. Here's what I will expect to see at this Trump rally. Right. I will. I bet you that they're going to bring in fans. Right. They're going to bring in fans. I mean, actual mechanical fans and they're fat and they're going to blow air away from the crowd back into themselves. 
so that Trump is protected. Trump will probably have, they'll, they'll be spraying disinfectant in the air where Trump is, right? They're going to be, uh, and they'll be blowing back the, the, the hordes, the hordes of MAGA hat wearers will, will, will get, they'll marinate in their own germs, right? Well, well, uh, well, El Presidente is, uh, is, uh, is, ke- is spared, right? Because this is, it's just so Trump, right? It's just so Trump. He has such little regard for, he, he genuinely, he hates his supporters. I think it was something that Howard Stern uh, brought up recently. Howard Stern said that no one hates Trump supporters more than Trump. Yeah, he has contempt for them. Uh, yeah, Howard Stern was saying there's no way he lets his, his average supporter into one of his hotels. And he does these rallies, but he doesn't really do town halls. He doesn't really do the pop-in at the you know Starbucks near the White House uh, that past presidents have done. He's just he's just very awkward. He doesn't know how to interact with people because he doesn't know how to be a human. He doesn't know how to be a normal human being. But another thing that's messed up about this MAGA rally is that it's happening on June 19th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's a convergence here of two things that make this really in poor taste. And the first is it's on Juneteenth, which is the commemoration of the last slaves in the Confederacy being freed in 1865. And the the rallies in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it comes just a couple of weeks after the anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre, where in 1921, a mob of white Tulsa residents basically burned this black neighborhood to the ground. And this neighborhood was very affluent. It was known as Black Wall Street. Uh, It had very successful African-Americans living there and working there. And the white people just couldn't handle this. So they burned the place to the ground. Dozens of people died. More black people died than white people, as you can imagine. That's how it usually works. And so Trump doesn't know any of this. I think his people do. I think like the Stephen Millers in his administration know. It's just hard to look at this and chalk it up to a coincidence. If this were another president, maybe you say, all right, well, bad timing, but there's nothing nefarious there. But with this guy, it's hard to conclude anything else. Oh yeah, no, there's no, absolutely no doubt that this was planned, and the, and this is they well, maybe yeah right. T- Trump is not bright enough, or he has no understanding of history. I doubt it was up to him, but it's certainly one of the kind of thugs around him. It's hard to underestimate just how nasty the people are around him, and how cruel and vindictive the people are around him. You know, strategists and and you know these kind of hack insiders who know you know who understand how to appeal to white racists in America who will hover around the Trump administration, the the advisors, the the constant revolving door of Fox News uh, employees who do do their stint in the White House and then go go to Fox News and then back again. So I'm sure someone thought this was a great idea and it would it would be a big symbol and a big overture to Trump's white base. I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it that they knew exactly what they were doing. There's no doubt about it. Before we started recording, you mentioned the Southern strategy. This goes back to Nixon in 1968 and 72. And, you know, there's a, there's a shift happening. There's a political realignment that was underway. The Democrats had essentially, the civil rights Democrats had essentially prompted the, the Southern Democrats to leave the party because they didn't like all the civil rights legislation and the integration and all the pushback against Jim Crow. The Southern Democrats didn't like that. And so the Republican Party starts, and it didn't start with Nixon, I, I, I guess. I mean, you could go back to Goldwater in 64, but we start seeing over the next quarter century or so, Democrats becoming extinct in a lot of white areas in the South. And it always cracks me up when I hear you know, conservatives will say, well, Democrats, they founded the KKK and Democrats, they enacted Jim Crow laws and Democrats did this, Democrats did that. Like, yeah, Southern Democrats, the white Republicans in the South, they, their parents, their grandparents, their grandparents, 
Those were the people that did those things. It wasn't like Northern Democrats coming down and saying, all right, you know what, let's uh, let's prevent black people from attending white schools. Let's prevent them from voting. Totally disingenuous. It's completely disingenuous and devoid of context, you know? Absolutely. And they, they act like th- there was no massive political realignment Right. And, and I mean, I, yeah, I've heard this from a number of uh, of um, actually the alt right loves this more than anybody else. Yeah, Republicans free the slaves and yeah, Republicans in name only. I mean, it, it, it was just a name. It used to be Liberal Party and the Democrats used to be conservative and then the party switched. So it's not particularly controversial. But yet they they it's co- constantly trotted out as a sort of an argument as to to the, the you know, that they actually the Democrats are the racists and whatnot. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a it's outrageous, really. And the mo- a modern day Republican would not be regarded as a, as a, as a Republican in, at the time of you know Abraham Lincoln. They would be completely different. Yeah, they would tell you. You know, the conservative of today would say, "Of course, I would have opposed slavery in the 1860s." Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of them were. Uh, a lot of them very much were in favor of slavery. They wanted to keep things the way they were. Yeah, Sean Hannity would have been out there arguing for, for slavery, no doubt about it. There was absolutely no... Uh, Sean Hannity's always, like, quoting Rosa Parks and etc. You know, he was comparing Trump to Rosa Parks, I think, at one point. There's one hilarious monologue I saw him comparing Trump to Rosa Parks. But yeah, Trump would have... Uh, Hannity would have been pro-segregation, he would have been pro-slavery. Modern-day Republicans are exactly... They're extremely conservative, and the conservatives... As you say, you chart back through history, the, the parties have essentially switched places. The names have switched, but the ideologies have sort of remained fairly consistent. Well, speaking of the old Confederacy, some Confederate statues are coming down across the country or they're being uh, defaced by protesters who are sick of seeing people who not only own slaves being commemorated, but people who own slaves and wanted to rebel over it. And they were willing to split the country because they wanted slaves. They'll tell you it was states' rights, but it was really slaves. I mean, in a sense, it was states' rights. It's like, okay, yeah, states' rights. The state's right to do what? In your case, it's keep slaves. So it was about slavery. So we're seeing those, some of those come down and either being removed by policymakers or by protesters. We're also seeing uh, a push to rename military bases that are named for Confederate generals. And Trump, of course, tweeted out he's totally against this and that he won't allow it to happen. Uh, what a hill to die on. Way to go, Trump. And there's this argument. Here's another dumb argument that's being marshaled here, and that is, well, if we rename these bases and if we take these statues down, how will we remember history? To that, I would say, if you go to Germany, you don't see statues of Hitler, but they know about Hitler because the Germans who are too young to remember Hitler, they read about him in history books. They watch documentaries. They go to museums. That's how you learn about the evil people in history. You don't build a statue to them in the town square. You don't name your military bases after them. It's completely ridiculous. And these were put, these were put not as monuments to history, just like, you know, these these neutral structures that were erected. No, they were put there to commemorate these men. And the cause that they fought for, which, again, was slavery. So they have absolutely no place in a public square. Right, exactly. And you also have to look at, you know, just how offensive these things are to other people. I mean, it's, you know, as someone of, you know, of Jewish ancestry, you know, to to walk around somewhere with, with monuments to Hitler just would be unthinkable to me would be i just it would be horrible i get it that you know it's part of history and some people respected these figures in history but the fact is is that these were vile evil men who supported you know the most disgusting one of the most disgusting episodes in human history which was which is the enslavement of, of of africans so it's you know it's very much the same thing with uh with with with, with the holocaust i i view it. i i think there should always be a context 
you know, you can go and visit Auschwitz, but you visit Auschwitz and you understand the context behind what are you seeing when you go to Auschwitz. You're you're looking at a monstrous crime against humanity. But there's no context with a lot of these statues, a lot of these monuments at all. You know, so yeah, stick them in a museum and teach people about the horrors of slavery and the evil men who fought to keep, who who fought, you know, to maintain slavery. You know, that would be one one way of doing it. That that being said, I you know, there's stuff going on in the UK actually. Here's here's an interesting one. I don't know what you uh, think about this, but uh, there's a there was an argument brewing over um, Winston Churchill. People are trying to you know they've defaced Winston Churchill's statue in London, saying. That, you know, Winston Churchill was a racist and there's been arguments to put him to, to take the statue down, you know, because Winston Churchill did have some pretty appalling views on race. But I oppose, I, you know, for example, in this case, for example, I oppose that because for a couple of factors. The first is that, you know, as, again, as someone of, of Jewish ancestry, I'm pretty aware that if Churchill hadn't hadn't have been around, uh, it's likely the Germans would have won. In world in Britain, the Battle of Britain, and my grandparents would have been rounded up and killed. So I wouldn't be here had it not been for Winston Churchill. And also, I think that you know he was very much a man of his time when a lot of these ideas were pretty normal. And also, you know, he was a com- he was an extremely complicated figure. He wasn't just you know yes, he was a racist, but apparently at one time in his life, his family thought he was going to convert to to Islam. So, you know, he was uh, all over the place. And so the, I kind of draw the line at things like that. I don't know what, what would what 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 are your views on 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 a Winston Churchill statue? Do you think that's fair game? I think I feel about Churchill the same way I feel about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, for example. They were slave owners, Jefferson, Washington and Jefferson, obviously. But I would not support taking down the Washington Monument or renaming the Washington Monument. For similar reasons in your defense of Churchill, they were very much men of their time. And the practice of slavery, unfortunately, was not unusual in those days. Jefferson, I'm kind of down on Jefferson because he wrote out again, he spoke out against slavery many times, but never really did anything. But On the other hand, they played a monumental role in the founding of the country. You know, George Washington on the battlefield and Thomas Jefferson, kind of the the intellectual and, and rhetorical figure behind it. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. He bought Louisiana and all the territory that went with it from France. And he invented the swivel chair, so far as we know. One of the my favorite inventions. But what these guys didn't do, they didn't own slaves and tear the Union apart for their right to own slaves, which is what the Confederates did. What the Confederates did, not only were they slave owners, but they were traitors. And I know in the South, they like to call it the War of Northern Aggression, but the South just decided that they didn't want a country anymore. Obviously, Abraham Lincoln was not going to stand for that, and he was, he was willing to go to war for it. So, yeah, I kind of feel the same way about Jefferson and and Washington and and Franklin, who also owned slaves, as you do about Winston Churchill. They they did a lot of awful stuff. But on the other hand, without Washington and and some of the other founders, like there, who knows? Who who knows where we are? There there might not be a United States of America. Uh, A lot of people might think that's a good thing. (laughs) So I don't know, depending on. On how you view the country and the founding of the country, your experience may vary. But yeah, so Churchill, I get it. I, I totally, I totally understand. Churchill, didn't even, Churchill certainly didn't have slaves. I mean, that that's uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> he, he didn't have, but he what he was a bit. He was a you know he was a he was definitely had some very suspect views. You know, he had some very suspect views, and and that there's an argument to be made that he put you know he basically um, kind of committed genocide in in India. Uh, where he basically allowed Indians to starve during World War II. He diverted resources away from India. He he, he stopped them from getting grain uh, during World War II. I hope there was a strategic reason behind that. And um, 
you know, he, he, he's been accused of, of at, at least enabling a kind of mass starvation in India that he wasn't really very concerned about. And, yet, you know, there's a lot of merit to that. You, you know, it's quite, it, it's, there's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more complex than that. Basically, as I understand it, the, 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 the bottom line is that, yeah, he, he certainly could have done a lot more to prevent that from happening. And he didn't, he appears that he really didn't care very much about it. So he held some pretty abhorrent views as well on race. But, you know, again, you know, you, you, he, he did an enormous amount of good. There's no, there, are no, there is no way that you can argue in any way that opposing Nazis was a bad thing. I think, you know, the formation of the United States, you could say that that was a bad thing. If you're a Native American, that's not a good thing. Certainly. And, and so for the same reason, you could say Andrew Jackson should not be on the twenty. Right, right, right. But I, I think with the Churchill one, it's a bit more clear cut in that, yeah, he, he rose up against fascism. He hated fascism and he hated Hitler. And I think that anybody who took part in that fight at least deserves some, some you know, a bit of credit. Well, you know, maybe not Joseph Stalin. You know, I can understand maybe in, in Russia why people would want to take down Stalin's statue. That guy killed, you know, millions and millions and millions of people. But Churchill didn't. Churchill didn't kill millions of his own people. So there you go. I mean, that's why, anyway, that's why I'm... I'm sticking up for Winston Churchill, and it, it is again, it's, it's it is based on the fact that I I'm almost certainly would not be here had it not been for Winston Churchill. Speaking of Joseph Stalin, they went. The Soviet Union underwent a big de-Stalinification campaign in the 50s after he died. That's what we need once Trump is gone. Not that there are a whole lot of statues devoted to Trump, because, I mean, Stalin was running a a classic first half of the 20th century cult of personality dictatorship. So we don't have to, like, necessarily deal with physical structures dedicated to Trump, because typically you have to die in this country for you to get something like that. But we should make sure that this guy doesn't get anything. We should make sure he doesn't get a statue, no bridge named after him, no, not even a post office. Okay, I mean, I know it's not going to happen. I mean, look, okay, listen, I I don't mean to bring a downer on your Friday, particularly as we've got, um, I don't know about you, where where you you are on the West Coast, but over here on the East Coast is absolutely beautiful weather. I don't want to bring a downer to to your day, uh, Mike, but have you considered the fact that Trump can run again in 2024 if he loses? I it has crossed my mind. I'm not sure if he would. Why why wouldn't he? I I don't know what goes on in this man's head. First of all, if he loses in 2020, he's got to leave. <laughs> he, he's got to leave somehow whether he leaves Paint you a picture. Please go ahead. Okay, Trump loses the election in 2020, right? Biden gets into power. The Democrats then engage in a sort of half-assed, you know, let's do some investigation of Trump. Let's not really, like, push it too far. Maybe, you know, we'll look at his bank records or blah, blah, blah. We'll look at some of the abuses. We'll have some hearings. They'll do, you know, they'll drag it out for a couple of years. In the meantime, Trump spends every fucking day on Twitter talking about the corrupt Democrats and the deep state and they're out to get him and blah, blah, blah. He buys his own TV network. The What's it called? That that god-awful conspiracy um, TV station. Was it, do you know what I'm talking about? The One Network or something? It's One American News Network. That one, that one, yeah. Um, one American News Network. He buys himself a TV news network. He spends the next three years fermenting conflict in, in America between his supporters and uh, the, do- the dastardly Democrats. The Democrats don't do anything. They don't put him in jail. They don't prosecute him. They don't put anyone in his administration in jail. Trump then says, I have to take the country back. Mounts a campaign in 2023, uh, becomes president again in 2020, in 2024. End of the country. That's it. That's and then decides, right, fuck all this democracy stuff. He's emboldened because he's been elected again. Uh, creates a dictatorship, and that's the end of the American um, democratic experiment. I can, I, I can see this happening. I guess I only want to consider one nightmare at a time, and right now I'm focused on the one we're living in. Look, I'm going to say this. You are a pretty grounded guy. You're a rational dude, and this scenario you're positing is out there. But 
this is where we're at. I mean, with this guy, who knows what he's capable of? The the stuff we've seen from this administration, the stuff we've seen happen this year. I mean, these are the possibilities we have to consider. I mean, we're already it's already a discussion on in the mainstream left. If Trump loses, will he leave? Biden has been asked this question. Yeah, and Biden has said, yeah, I, I've thought about this and I've talked to people in the military and the people in the military have told me that they're going to remove him. If he decides to stay, they'll they'll literally march him out of the White House. You know, Nancy Pelosi's talked about this. This mainstream Democrats talk about this all the time. There is nobody in the mainstream media or, in main, or within mainstream politics who doesn't think this is a, a highly likely occurrence, right? I mean, I've got a Republican um, friend of mine who he's probably not pro-Trump, but he, you know, is defending the the Republican Party. He, he, he defends the Republican Party all the time. And we got into an argument about this. And he's like, you know, you don't understand like the military and the people that, you know, and the Republican Party are not going to stand for it. And I, and I was like, listen, you'll excuse me if I have zero faith in the Republican Party to do a goddamn thing about Donald Trump. He has taken a giant shit over the party, over the constitution, over all areas of government, the State Department, the FBI, the courts. Trump has shit all over them. He has installed his thugs. He's ridiculed people in his own government. He's ridiculed civil servants. He's ridiculed foreign diplomats. He's ridiculed the intelligence agencies. And Republicans have done nothing. They have stood by and done nothing. What makes anyone think that he's not going to do this in 2020 right that in in the election that he's going to say yeah this election was bogus i'm declaring myself president again right the election was 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 fraudulent and and i didn't actually lose i I think that anybody who thinks that's not going to happen is is living in cuckoo land they haven't been watching the last three years or three and a half you've got to be three and a half years in christ we are that we are that far into this guy's presidency republicans had their chance Back in January, February, when was the the impeachment trial? It was was in January or February. It it seems like a generation ago that that happened, but that was only about six months ago, not even. They had their chance. They, They could have removed him from office, but they didn't do it. And you had Susan Collins explaining her vote saying, I think he learned his lesson. Are you kidding me? They, it's it's like they keep expecting him to change. Well, maybe not really. Maybe it's just like a, a lie they, they tell the public. But you're right. Nothing we have seen from this Republican Party gives us any indication that they will oppose Trump at some critical moment in his presidency. That includes a scenario where he refuses to leave. And he'll start talking about voter fraud and and rigging and illegal immigrants voting. And we know he's going to say stuff like this in the event he loses because he already said this. After he was elected president, he said that he would have won by more. He would have he would have won the popular vote had not three to five million illegal immigrants voted in the election. There was no evidence for that at all. So here he was being a sore winner. If he loses with his power at stake, I can only imagine the type of bullshit that he will cook up. And there is absolutely zero indication that his Republican enablers will stop enabling him. Right. I mean, look, I will say that I I have sensed a slight shift with prominent Republicans in the way that he's dealt with the Black Lives Matter protests and the gassing of, you know, he's tear gassing protesters, supporting all sorts of batshit insane conspiracy theories about Antifa and, you know, the policeman who pushed over a 75 year old man who's floating some bonkers conspiracy theory that he was an Antifa agent or something like that. I think, and a lot of prominent Republicans have come out and said, look, this this is crazy. And uh, look, and it's, it turns out that the military um, basically told him to fuck off as well. He, he was threatening to send the military in and uh, the mili- you know the generals have basically told him that's not going to happen so there are there is mounting resistance to trump within his own and it, but you know what i think this is about i think this is about i think this is the fact that if you look at the polls at the moment that trump's support is 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 collapsing in swing states and it's collapsing in key demographics that he absolutely needs to, to have on board if he has a shot of winning in november and I think that a lot of Republicans are now looking at this and saying, hmm, 
uh, I think this guy could lose. So we need an escape plan here. We need to start, you know, because the Senate's also in danger too. So it appears that Amy McGrath in Kentucky has has a slight lead over Mitch McConnell in the Kentucky Senate race. It, you know, if she's the can, if she becomes the Democratic candidate, she has a lead over over, and she's the favoured candidate to take a lead over Mitch McConnell. So this is why I think that um, Republicans are are freaking out right now because I think they they think that the Senate is in play, that they might lose the Senate, and they're probably going to lose the presidency as well. Uh, there has been a slight shift with the Republican Party in that they are um, now being more vocally critical of Trump. I've always thought that as long as Trump is useful to them, they're going to get behind him. And when he stops being useful to them, they'll leave. Right. They're all basically completely shallow corporate hack sellouts uh, who are only interested in in their own political power and uh, ensuring that, you know, the rich get giant tax cuts at every given opportunity. And if Trump can help them, they'll support him. If Trump can't help them, they'll cut him loose. They, they're not in, they, they have no, they don't care about him at all. And so because Trump's popularity is slipping with the public, with the Republican Party, with Republican voters, it means that, yeah, that, that, that you maybe you are going to see a, you know, you are going to see major Republicans abandoning him. And that would be significant. But then again, you know, look, I haven't seen it thus far. I've not seen any major, no major, major, major Republican has come out who's been a pro-Trump supporter and said, like, enough's enough. All the people who have been saying it are fairly moderate conservatives anyway. You know, Mitt Romney, Colin Powell. Uh, Well, apparently George Bush, George W. Bush is not going to be voting for Trump. Well, that's something. That that that's something, you know. Look, like George, I, I was amazed that George Bush. I can't believe that George Bush wrote a very moving piece about racism in America in the wake of of um, George Floyd's death. Uh, I, again, I'm not trying to whitewash W's record. He was one of the worst presidents in history. I mean, genuinely a warmonger and a terrible, terrible president. But he wrote a very, very moving op-ed about racism in America. And for the first time, I just, I, I, it, it kind of, I thought, okay, A, he's a human being, and B, he appears to be getting what's happening. He appears to understand the gravity of, of what we're witnessing here with uh, this kind of new civil rights movement. And I was extremely touched by it, like by, by his by his his writing. Uh, yeah, and he's not going to be voting for Trump. So that's something, you know, that, that that is something that that's a that's big news. Congressional Republicans have not been nearly harsh enough on Trump for I mean, take your pick about anything. But you mentioned police shoving down the 75-year-old Buffalo protester, Trump suggesting that he was a member of Antifa. And it's like, okay, even if he was, which he wasn't, he didn't deserve to be knocked to the ground like that. Like, he's a, he's a frail old guy, 75-year-old man. And Trump suggested that it, it was staged, that he fell over on purpose or something. And there's video of this guy hitting his head on the ground and bleeding out of his ear. You don't stage something like that. And there was a reporter in the Capitol building that asked every Republican senator she could find that was walking by her what they thought of Trump's conspiracy tweet about this guy who was bleeding out of his ear, who was in the intensive care unit in the hospital. I think he was in the hospital for like a week. None of them have had any interest they, they all say it was some variation of I didn't see it. I'm going to be late for lunch or some other thing like I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. I think Lisa Murkowski had the most critical remarks on this. And even then, it, it, it wasn't much. They don't even want to know. Don't want to know. We're, we're just going to support this guy. And as for the the military, like, yes, I, I saw that Mark Esper and, and others pushed back on Trump's idea to send the U.S. military into streets across America where there's there's protests and civil unrest. That's the bar but, now, by the way. That's how low the bar is. But but wait, he can always get himself a new secretary of defense. Trump cycles through cabinet secretaries like I would say condoms to bang porn stars, but he doesn't use condoms. But he cycles through cabinet secretaries like they're Skittles. You know, he could he could get rid of an Esper and say, all right, I'm going to find somebody who's going to do anything 
I tell him to do. There is going to have to be some, once this guy is out of office, I, I favour basically rounding up all the uh, most of his cabinet and throwing them in jail and making their lives misery. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I highly doubt that Trump is ever going to see jail time. Uh, but you can make, you know, for example, Bill Barr, you know, perhaps you can get him in jail. Uh, perhaps you can you can do, you know, you can stick it to um, uh, Kellyanne Conway or Jared Kushner or any of these other people who have probably broken n- numerous laws while in office. You're going to have to have full scale uh, investigations into everything that these guys have been doing. You know, I don't know whether you can get Trump. I don't know. What's your thoughts? You think you might be able to get Trump? I would love to see lawbreakers within the Trump administration be indicted and go to jail. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think his if Biden wins, I think there's going to be a real lack of political will to do it. Not that these should come down to being political considerations. The Justice Department is supposed to act independently of those. But nobody wants to set that precedent. Right. Nobody wants to go after their predecessor for for being corrupt because it sets it sets a weird precedent, even if the predecessor was corrupt. I don't see it happening. You know, and even if there is evidence that these guys and and women in this administration did really corrupt shit. And if they lose, they're just going to wipe out, <laughs> they're gonna wipe out all the documents, all the files uh, in the evidence on the way out, burn the data to the ground. Yeah, what do you do? Isn't that illegal in itself? If you if you destroy yeah. data, is that illegal? Yeah, you can't destroy public records. But th- again, this is this is a very untransparent administration. They don't comply with subpoenas from Congress. They have just recently decided that they're not going to disclose where the more than five hundred billion dollars in business loans as part of the stimulus, the coronavirus stimulus bill, uh, went. They're not going to reveal who got what, and there's going to be a fight over that. This administration has no interest in being transparent. And, and that's just the stuff, that's just a couple of things we know about in public. I can only imagine what they do in private away from the public eye. Who knows what the hell they're doing? So do you think there will be any recourse whatsoever? I, I, have, I have no idea. You know, I would like to pretend that I have an idea. This is a podcast and people are listening to it. Uh, because they want to hear our opinions and our insights, but I, on this one, I have no idea. You, you would love to. You would. Lo- I would just. This is something I fantasize about daily. That that some of these people see justice. The amount of just despicable behavior and despicable acts of of the fact that they wouldn't comply with congressional subpoenas is in of itself just you know. That that's insane. That's insane. They've 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 flouted so many norms, so many rules, and so many laws that you know it's it's almost impossible to catalogue. Like you say, like you know the stuff that we know about is probably minuscule compared to all the stuff that they've actually done. So I mean, I hope there's going to be investigations. You know, at, at the very least, I hope that it's going that you know, a lot of them are going to get dragged through the court system, uh, and they're going to have to explain themselves publicly, and they're going to have to have their reputations destroyed publicly, very, very publicly. That would go some way in satisfying me. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, I don't hold up too much hold up too much hope for Trump to get prosecuted. But watching him lose would be mighty fun. That is going to be that I, I that I can't wait for. If he does lose, can I just rant a little bit about defund the police? Go for it. So defund the police. This has been like the the big mantra over the last week, maybe. There are two types of people saying this, as far as I can tell. The first is someone who wants the police not to exist, okay? And, and that's just a non-starter for almost everybody in this country. It's a non-starter for me. It's a non-starter for your average Democrat. Definitely a non-starter for your average Republican. It's probably a non-starter for most black people. I don't know if there's been polling on this, but but anyway. And the second type of person, oh, just to, just to point out the obvious, like the people who don't want the police to exist. It's like, okay, how would we enforce any laws? Everything from speeding to murder, if your house or business is being broken into or has been broken into, who are you going to call? If you were just sexually assaulted, who are you going to report that to? If, if you were the victim of a hate crime, 
who are you going to report that to? You're not going to report that to anybody because you've defunded the police. And I know a lot of cops are dicks. Some of them are racist. Some are corrupt. Some are murderers, unfortunately. I get it. But as a concept, we need police. And the fact that this even needs to be pointed out is just just crazy. And by the way, if you don't have a police, you know who has a lot of the guns in this country? It's the crazy redneck Trump voting racists. You get rid of the police, some of them are going to go hog wild, I guarantee. But the second type of person, and this seems to be more prevalent, they don't really mean defund the police. What they mean is redistribute some of the money police departments get to other causes like social programs and education and housing. That's reasonable. But if that's what they want, don't say defund the police because defund the police means you cut off all funding to. Instead, these folks want police budgets cut. And there's a difference between cutting the budget of and outright defunding, which means cut all together. And I can't believe this needs to be pointed out, but here we are. And the other thing is, this is providing campaign fodder to Republicans who are eager to portray the Democrats as being in favor of lawlessness. I don't know if it'll be effective giving the 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 fuckery that Trump and his Republican enablers have wrought in this country over the last three and a half years, but it could still be effective in a swing state or a swing district that have serious implications in a local state or federal race that could tip the balance of power in favor of Republicans. And to be clear, I'm not saying this because I think Democrats should be afraid of pissing off Republican voters. I'm all for that because Republicans have bad opinions that should be called out. But in this instance, most of the people who are saying defund the police don't even mean that. So why are they using a word that doesn't even mean the thing the people say defund the police are actually talking about? Doesn't make any sense. Use another word. We have we have so many words in this language that you could use. You could say fix the police. You could say reform the police. You could say demilitarize the police. Defund the police is a non-starter. And, and just one, one last point on this. I saw some tweets from uh, your buddy, David Sirota, and he, he was being an absolute moron on this. He was accusing, uh, David Sirota, by the way, he's a, he was a speech writer for uh, Bernie Sanders this last go around. And, and I, I was a Bernie guy, I still am. But this, this type of idiocy needs to be called out. He was accusing of, of people like me of tone policing and pearl clutching. And it's like, motherfucker, we're not clutching pearls here. We're recognizing the fact that we're not, this is not some thought experiment or academic symposium. This isn't some Socratic dialogue on the essence of policing. This is politics in a presidential election year with the most dangerous, deranged incumbent we have ever had, tone policing. Fuck you. How's that for pearl clutching? I mean, look, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's the hard left. The hard left is, in, is specializes in destroying itself. The center left is spineless and the hard left is destructive. So the hard left would rather the Democrats lose in order to be right and the center left are, are kind of spineless wimps so we've got this terrible situation with the democratic party where no one can really agree on anything the, the far left is is um is incapable of winning anything because they they spend most of their time attacking centrists and uh centrists are basically you know they're fine but they're spot they're they're completely spineless and don't stand up to republicans so you, we were in this complete mess now where and again it's playing itself playing itself out again uh with the with the whole police issue where you want to have meaningful reform with the police absolutely you want to have meaningful reform but you have to have meaningful reform it's the word that word reform you can't get rid of the police in America. You, you, you're right. It's a it's a non-starter. So, the sense, you know, again, you have to build a coalition in order to get this to work. You have to get moderate Republicans on board. You have to. That's just the nature of politics in America. It's done. You, you know, you there, there, there's no uh, dictator. Well, yeah. Anyway, there's no dictator who can just wave a, wave a magic wand and then everything that you 
everything you want uh, gets done. It was like a Bernie Sanders. I mean, you know, I, I felt that uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and the whole thing about um, uh, universal health care, like David David Sirota has basically said that if you don't support universal health care, you're an evil, corrupt uh, corporate shill and you're just as bad as Trump. Are you fucking crazy? Are you crazy? It's You vote for Trump and you get no health care or you vote for a Democrat and you get health care. You get some health care that's, that's somewhat affordable, right? You know, lucky old David Sirota who can afford to, um, you know, he, he he can he could he could survive another four years of Trump just fine. He would be fi- he would be absolutely fine. But there are lots of people on the ground, poor people, minorities, who would be destroyed with another four years of this complete lunatic. You know, you want to get things done. You you you, you know, we have, we've got to talk. We've got to build a consensus. You've got to have intelligent ideas and and be willing to compromise like the police yeah it's com- they're completely out of control but the only way to solve that problem right is to uh, you've got to talk about it you've got to be very have highly nuanced in-depth conversations about how you reform the police how you demilitarize them how you stop the abuse of uh, of minorities you know increase training making sure they don't have uh, uh you know they're not using chokeholds and things like that so these are these are complex discussions that need to be had so i think anybody anybody arguing otherwise is is going to end up hurting the cause so yes you're right i agree 100 percent. and by the way a lot of these fixes that people want to see implemented in the nation's police departments. Um, And and that's what we really should be saying. We should be saying fix the police. Reform, I see people suggesting that, but that's just, reform is just such an empty word. It's so overused as to be almost meaningless inside the beltway at this point. Fix is very simple. Policing in America is broken, and when something is broken, you fix it. Anyway, these fixes, these changes that we want to see, that even Republicans want to see, you know, these fixes we're talking about, you know, better training, better psych testing, the whole deal, we want to see these changes, uh, but they're going to cost money, which is fine. But stuff like this is going to cost money. So it might be a case where in order to implement these fixes that we all want to see, more money might be required. So, yeah. Demilitarize the police. I don't think they should have these weapons of war. I, you know, a lot of these departments, they don't need an armored personnel carrier. Maybe in Los Angeles, they need like one or two because who knows what the hell is going to happen. I've watched Die Hard so many times. I'm beginning to think it's like real life. But like you said, I think we just need to be, you know, we need to be prepared to have a nuanced discussion that a slogan can serve as a launching point. The slogan can serve as a launching point for that nuanced discussion, and defund the police isn't it. And I see people saying, well, there's, you know, here's the context around it. It's like, stop. If you need to explain it, especially if you need to explain why the thing you're saying doesn't actually mean what you actually mean, then it's a bad slogan. Pick something else. And I I hate even talking about this because I am not... I'm not big on surface level bullshit like slogans and stuff like that. But when the thing, when the phrase you're pushing can just so easily be used as campaign fodder in an election year by people who want to get Donald Trump reelected, yes, I have to care now. Yeah, right. No, I agree. And now's the time to be uh, as strategic and smart as possible. There's a lot of anger out there, which is completely understandable. But that does not mean that you take your eyes off the prize the i you know so it's like i've got a lot of activist friends who are like you know who are busy bashing biden and yes i get it there's a lot of anger right now and joe biden is not the perfect guy for them to run run for president you know he makes gaffes he's got a you know there's a history he has with uh you know the 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 um uh police policing bills and the crime bill that he helped pass in the 90s and so on and so forth that's fine i i get it but let's 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 be smart now we're on the we're literally at the brink of a dictatorship like and that's no that is that's not hyperbole right we need to be smart we we've got a, a, a historic moment now where we can you know, a get rid of a, a, a lunatic wannabe dictator, and b uh, make some serious, serious changes to the way that policing happens in America. Those things, those those opportunities are are, you know, don't come around that often. 
So we have to absolutely have to be smart about taking them. And I and I, I fear that 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 the left is going to engage in in, um, in in internal warfare and 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 destroy itself again as it as it as it. Look, I think we'll. I think it will be fine. I think it will be fine, and I think that people like David Sirota are are going to, you know, people are going to stop heeding heeding their advice. But you know, it it's it's a tough one. It's a really really tough one, and everyone needs to be very very careful about about how militant they want to be, and and because you know it's it's as if the Republican Party doesn't exist, and as if the major opponent here is not kind of like white supremacy in the White House and and a growing fascist state. That's the enemy here, and people sh- absolutely cannot forget that. It goes back to what you said a few minutes ago, and it's what. I've been telling people who are inclined to maybe sit out the election and it's like, look, you think you might be able to survive another four years of Trump and that might be entirely possible, but there are a lot of people who will not. And that's what we should be thinking about. I don't think, you know, I don't think that the Bernie people who don't plan on voting in this election or they plan on voting green I don't think they should be shamed. I don't think that's going to work at all. I think you just got to try to point out the fact that there are a lot more people in this country who are going to get hurt in another Trump term. And, and I think I, I think that's that's where you place your emphasis, because, yeah, we like like you just said, we could be on a road to dictatorship right now. It's a very real possibility and it's very scary. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you should vote in this election because you might not literally might not get another chance to vote ever. This could be literally the last time you have to vote. If the other guy wins like that, that that could be it. There could be no more American democracy. It's that serious. And if you don't think it's serious, you haven't been paying attention. I hadn't even thought of that. So anyway, I think on that on that positive note, uh, we, 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 we should leave it for- even the week, Christ, every week it's like we need to think we're going to find some good things to talk about. Uh, yeah, we end on a sort of apocalyptic note again, and uh, not much has changed. Look, on the bright side, look, we may it may be we, we may only have five months left of this nightmare. We we may have a new president in November, and that's only five months away. Well, January. <laughs> well, okay, but he's you know what can he do after November? There's not much he can do. I take that back. I take that back. There, there's a lot he can do. There's a lot he can do. But look, we, 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 we I think everyone will, will rest, you know, will, will, will sleep a lot better at night knowing that this guy is out or he's going. And we may know that in five months' time. And that's, that's, and that's great. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> all right well everyone listen thank you very much for listening uh if you'd like to get a uh, banter membership we're doing a special right now where we are going to donate all of the proceeds of banter memberships to black lives matter we're going to pay transaction fees as well so you can purchase a banter membership at the bottom of this article you can see this in the, on the in the newsletter click the button 50 percent or you get 50 percent off as well so you get 50 percent off and you get a banter membership and all your money goes to black lives matter so it's a great cause uh, and you'll get to read all the premium articles and become part of the banter tribe Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Mike, I think you have a new article out as well on your site, uh, New Deal Democrat. No, uh, it's going in the newsletter. That's it. It's not on, it's not on my site right now. Not going to go on the site. Okay, but check out Mike's site anyway because it is great and there's a lot of, a lot of good, good work on there, newdealdemocrat.com. Well, now I have to post it on the site. But look out for it in the newsletter. It's about why Donald Trump is the biggest arsonist in the country. All right. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next week.